Welcome to Bougie Booze, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm Cam. I'm David. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. Hey, boo. What's up, boo? Hey, boo. (laughs) You know, uh, it's a little saddening today because as we were just about getting ready to record here, I opened up my... Uh, browser and I saw that the first thing that pops up is Lance Reddick the actor died I saw that may he rest in peace yeah R.I.P. Lance Reddick and I enjoyed a lot of his work and people know him from Oz or um, The Wire John Wick Uh, he's going to be in the new John Wick movie coming out with Keanu uh, Mm -hmm. chapter four and then I loved him from Fringe which was a crazy sci-fi show that Fox aired for several years but yeah, it's just surprising when you see someone pass away and people die, but it's like he was only 60. So. 60 very young. Although I believe, and don't quote me on this, but the Bible does say that um, I guess you're promised 60 years. And after that, it's just, well, we're all living under grace. But after oh, that's 60. The thing, though. <laughs> During <laughs> biblical times, if you made it to 60, that was a miracle. You're like, you was 100. <laughs> Like you were lucky if you made it to 35 during <laughs> biblical time. <laughs> so maybe he was battling something that we were unaware of or. Yeah. I mean, he could have done a Chadwick and not let people know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Um, but well, yeah. So just wanted to say RIP to Lance Reddick. And prayers to his family too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But since we're on the acting tip, uh, I just want to follow up on the Oscars and my predictions I had last Yes, week, I last saw that. Podcast. I was looking forward to this debrief chat. <laughs> so I was pretty much correct in my assessment as to who would win. Um, and so going back down the line, we saw Kehi Kwan, he did win Best Act Supporting Actor. And Best Actress did go to Michelle Yeoh. And Best Actor did go to Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And Best Picture did go to Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> now we get to the final <laughs> category. Four? Is that four for four? Four for four. <laughs> like, and then I, would, I would give myself a four and a half with the four out of five because uh-huh. I did say that as much as we wanted Angela Bassett to win and do her thing, she, she did win. not win. And I said that the dark horse would be Jamie Lee Curtis coming out of nowhere. And she did. And, you know, personally, I'm sad that Angela didn't win it. Miss Bassett did not win. But I'm okay with, personally for me, with Jamie Lee Curtis winning because she's also an industry veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's kind of, if you, uh, she it's obvious that Jenny, Jamie Lee Curtis also won for her body of work and not just distinctly that role. Because her part was small is in that movie as well. As well as the fact that her, co-nominee stephanie sue who was in the category and that movie with her had a larger role in the movie and jamie lee curtis beat her for the same movie and then you know miss bassett everyone was talking about her reaction after jamie it was lee genuine it was real and genuine you can tell yeah. she she was hopeful that she was going I, to win I don't feel any kind of way like she can feel how she feels and she doesn't have to put on a fake smile and clap for everybody Mm -hmm. you know so she's been waiting her turn for an Oscar as well hopefully she'll get another opportunity yeah but you know I think she's probably grateful too that she won all these other awards leading up to it she won a Golden Globe uh, a a few other awards uh, from the ceremonies coming up to the Oscars but you know that's the big one that an actress or actor wants Mm -hmm. and you know there are people on twitter who are saying you know especially black folk who are saying you know why we want trying to get validated by getting this award or what do we care if they uh, about you know getting this white award (laughs) (laughs) so but you know at the same time as an actor this is the pinnacle of your career you want this award it's prestigious yeah so well i know um in our last episode you talked about the Elvis movie because I think it was nominated or Austin Butner he was nominated in a category Butler, yeah Butler sorry <laughs> um I recently tried to watch Elvis boo I could not get into it <laughs> Tom Hanks's voice his character 
it was creepy and the whole like carnival clown thing was creepy to me i said i can't do this I can't. it's very baz lerman the director and that's it's funny that you bring up tom hanks's character because he won the razzie award are you familiar with the razzies uh-huh. yeah for like worst performance or something <laughs> exactly so it's like it's counter to the oscars where they award the worst performances of the year so he won worst actor for his role in elvis and he was kind of comical and cartoony in a way like a cartoony villain i was just but, like no maybe i'll give it another chance because i'm like it started off slow and then i turned it off when tom hanks's character and austin butler's character they were like in that window maze thing in the carnival and yeah. elvis couldn't get out <laughs> and he's like come this way and i was like okay you know that's enough I, I think you need it. to push past the introduction between their two characters to get to Elvis's story. Mm-hmm. And because then you see where his, you saw early on as a kid how he was in, uh, influenced by that Black gospel church music. But then later on, he gets more influenced by the Black soul singers. And you get to see him interact with uh, a young little Richard and uh, other singers of that time. And so I think those are the enjoyable parts. But yeah, Tom Hanks. He that his role in that makes it a little difficult to push through sometimes. Like I can't, I can't. But then once you get to the meat of Elvis's story, from when he's a popular singer to his death, it's really a more compelling watch. Okay, well, thank you for that. Maybe I'll give it another chance. I did enjoy the scene where Elvis and his friends. Well, Elvis, he went to the tent revival because he had interest. Like, what's going on over there? And you saw all the black people praising the Lord, exactly, and, and yeah. dancing, getting the spirit. And then Elvis got it too, and the spirit <laughs> got into him. And the preacher's like, "Uh, uh-uh, let him praise." Because <laughs> his friends are like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so that's history right there too about tent revivals and part of the black culture. You know, going mm-hmm. to church and praising the Lord. So I, I like seeing that in the movie so early in the movie because it's part of Elvis's style it's part of his yeah. story so i think he was deeply influenced by uh r&b or well, they, they didn't, i don't think it was called r&b back then but soul music and gospel music mm-hmm. um but um you know which was also interesting about the oscars was how they set up some presenters like when they did best supporting actress uh-huh. one of the presenters was ariana debose <laughs> So but this was before Angela um, did not win. Well, this is, I think they were anticipating if Angela won, oh. then Ariana would be on stage with her, but she didn't win. But either way, Ariana, they set it up so Ariana was presenting that award in case Angela won. Mm-hmm. So that way they could probably recreate some kind of Angela did the thing moment. Yeah. Like she did, this is her doing the thing. It's done. <laughs> so I can imagine if I were Angela and I saw Ariana coming out going, they put I her won. up for my award. Oh, I have a I good chance. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I'll be like, I won. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> um, well. But, um, yeah, so, you know, so, like, hopefully um, Miss Bassett will have another opportunity. And some of the other pairings were interesting. Like, um, well, because normally when they present, like, the best actor award, the previous year's actor will come out and present the new person with the award, like passing the baton. Mm-hmm. But because Will Smith had won Best Actor uh, <laughs> last year, of, um, and he's banned for the from the Oscars for ten years, <laughs> it's like no violence on stage. They they could not use him, so instead they had two Best Actress winners from the past come in uh, and present the award: Jessica Chastain and Halle Berry. And so. That was interesting. <laughs> well, let me say, okay, 10-year ban. Do you think Will Smith would even want to attend after the band is up? <laughs> I don't know. I think right now he's too busy um, trying to salvage his career and hoping yeah. people forget about the incident. I don't think they'll ever forget, especially now that Chris Rock just came out with his special. Yeah. Kind of, you know, re-livened it now you know put the spotlight back on him getting slapped by Will Smith well and then it was mentioned several times during the Oscars by Jimmy Kimmel so (laughs) like let it go and I can't believe that it's been a year since the incident it happened so quick it's like okay it feels like that just happened months ago like two three months ago and it was the whole year (laughs) yeah so and then another pairing um that they had on there was Dwayne Johnson with um, 
Emily Blunt. And, you know, they did the whole uh, stick of how actors talk about, oh, you know, we don't want to, we want to get through this quickly because the ceremony runs too long, but then Dwayne would like push it and make it run long. Oh, but what about this and that? And so, you know, that gets kind of tired. If I were in the audience and I have to do these awards every year, I'm like, why are we doing this again? <laughs> like, hurry it up, Dwayne, hurry it up. So, okay, well, 4.5 out of 5. I mean, hey, we knew that you were going to be pretty accurate, so. Yeah, it was just, that was, uh, that was the one category that was very difficult because going into it, it was, it could be anyone's win, even though, you know, we want to miss Bassett's win. So. But, she's, um, all a, she's all a winner to us. And she's a <laughs> to us. Do you think Jamie Lee Curtis ate some yogurt when she got home? See, well, yeah, maybe she celebrated with some Activia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's an interesting thing you brought up too, is because even though people are irate that Miss Bassett did not win, it's like, well, they need to know their place in terms of cinema. I mean, you know, I hate to say, but a lot of people just wanted her to win because she's black. But know the context first because all these people who are commenting especially a lot of black commenters were like how did halloween beat wakanda and it's, it's like she wasn't nominated for halloween they were just being they were joking they were no no they were serious they were like i didn't know halloween got a nomination or like why would how many halloween get an oscar and it's like because they just only but that's and jamie lee curtis is so associated with her role as laurie strode in halloween so a lot of people other body support yeah and that's basically what she was nominated for they thought and the thing is funny too is because jamie lee curtis knows that people associate with halloween and during her speech she thanked the horror fans said we got an oscar so that's really nice that she acknowledged that she knows she's most most famous for halloween but yeah so it's like all these people were like, Halloween beat Wakanda? <laughs> this, well, yeah, a Halloween movie did come out last year. It did, yeah. Okay, so Jamie Lee Curtis had two movies last year. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I did. I knew about Halloween, but the second movie, I didn't even really pay attention to. Yeah, it was a sleeper. I mean, I mean, now it's best picture, but it, it really snowballed. And I think, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about, too. I think it hurt Angela Bassett in the sense that in the beginning when award season started, I don't think a lot of the voters actually saw that movie everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. But with all the hype that came out and it started winning slowly, I think more voters watched that movie and then ended up voting uh, because the voting period for the Oscars goes through February before the March ceremony. Mm -hmm. So and the award season starts like early January. So Oscar voters had January and February to vote. So early on, they voted for Miss Bassett because they saw Black Panther more likely, but they didn't see everything everywhere. But once the, the hype came about, they saw everything everywhere. So that kind of hurt Angela Bassett's chances as well. So if you're part of the voting body for the Oscars, then you have the opportunity to change your vote before the deadline. It sounds not like. change your vote. You can delay when you're going to vote because they, you have to turn it in. You have to turn your ballot in by a certain date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, but the other awards are voted on earlier because the ceremonies are earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, then uh, during the Oscars, they did present. They had Halle Berry and uh, Halle Berry, Halle Bailey. <laughs> And I'm, I have to get used to saying HB, Bailey and HB. Um, <laughs> Halle Bailey and uh, Melissa McCarthy come out. Oh, they're going to present an award together. That makes sense because the Little Mermaid movie's coming out in uh -huh. May. And all of a sudden they like presented the trailer for their movie. I'm like, since when the Oscars presenting trailers at the at the, at the ceremony? They stay switching it up. <laughs> well, it doesn't help or hurt how you look at it that the Oscars was on ABC. ABC is owned by Disney. Disney is putting out The Little Mermaid. So we're keeping ABC, it all in the family. <laughs> yeah. Disney's <laughs> like, look, we're going to use this as a platform for our movie. But I, you know, they showed a big chunk of the trailer at the Oscars and then they said, watch the rest of the trailer online, which I did. And I was actually impressed. Like, the movie looked a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I wasn't one of those people who are like, my little mermaid is a black. <laughs> You know, so I could care less. It just pick somebody really good and who can sing, right? Which she can, Haley, Haley Bailey, Holly Bailey. Holly Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> she can sing. Um, I am happy to see a, a black little mermaid. 
I have so when I saw the Little Mermaid in theaters when I was younger, I ran out of the theaters because when <laughs> Ursula came on, I was scared of her. A blue large lady. So I couldn't even watch the movie all the way through. I know my yeah. parents were like, uh, this girl is crazy. How come she's scared of the little mermaid? I may give give it another chance just to support Holly Haley. Holly, Holly. <laughs> Holly Bailey. <laughs> See, now I'm too focused on it. Chloe and Holly. So okay, yeah. Holly. There you go. So I think I think I think it should be fine because Ursula is being played by Melissa McCarthy. And um I don't think she'll be as menacing looking as the one in the cartoon, the animated feature. But, you know, I think the scenes that they showed, it looks like they recreated the movie. I don't know if it's going to go the Beauty and the Beast way where they recreated the whole animated movie shot for shot. Uh Or if it's going to take some liberties like some of the other Disney movies where some of the scenes are a little different or they added new things. But a lot of the iconic moments seem to be in the, the movie, the Little Mermaid movie. What I was curious about going into this new trailer was how are they going to make the animal companions look Mm. like is Sebastian going to look like the animated version or is he going to be a real crab and they answered my question he's a real crab okay who's the voice of him though I believe David Diggs is so um and then Aquafina is the voice of Scuttle the the seagull Mm -hmm. then um I forgot who else, uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of people. And then Javier Bardem is playing Ariel's father, King Triton. I know some people are like, hold up, like her, her dad is Hispanic. It was like, it's like, let's not look at, (laughs) let's not look at who they are in real life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and we don't know if Ariel's mom was a person of color. We never met the lady. (laughs) (laughs) A a fish of color. That's a spin 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 off right there. (laughs) <laughs> because but, in a way holly yeah we know she's black but she can be cuban yeah. you know she well she's Afro, very light toned her skin is very light and then, yeah and we had a discussion about this boo about her hair color mm-hmm. because she does the iconic coming out of the water hair whip scene from the movie and that takes a whole another context for a black woman to do with braids because her hair is look a little braided and and you know it's copper or auburn color it's not that deep red that ariel had in the movie which is i think makes sense because otherwise holly would look too cartoonish and not believable you know she looked like a punk girl dyeing her hair (laughs) i told you it's like it would look like clown hair it would look like that that red yeah but the other thing that a commenter on youtube said was her whipping her hair hopefully she didn't have to do too many takes because she probably would have hurt like like scratched up her back and with welts and everything <laughs> you know hitting that wet braids hitting her hair like that with force Slapping it, yeah and no, you'd have to attest to that boo because you know obviously i've never had braids in my head so <laughs> i've had braids many a times you've seen them but i ain't testing that out <laughs> when you i know, go I'll, swimming i don't put my head underwater <laughs> it's just like the water comes up to my chest at most so it's not swimming it's just kind of sitting in water but what were you well, going to say, Boo? I was going to say, speaking of um, wet braids, I saw your dear sister at work. <laughs> yes. And she was going to go out into the rain with her colleague, but she had a jacket over her head to cover her braids. And I was coming into the building that we both work in. And I had an umbrella because I had just come back for the campus Starbucks. <laughs> and I looked at your sister and I said, Boo, do you want my umbrella? Please take this umbrella and don't Aww. walk out in the rain like that's so nice of you boo thank you welcome did she return your umbrella braids wet yeah she had her colleague return my umbrella which is yeah they they gave it back right away but yeah i just did not want your sister walking out in the rain with her braids like that yeah we we appreciate you i thank you on her behalf i'm sure she thanks you too oh she did of course (laughs) well speaking speaking of rain it has been raining a little bit where i'm at where i'm recording from but it's been good rain it's not cold so I'm sorry that you've been experiencing bitterly cold rain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it myself. But, <laughs> but I'm currently in Hawaii. Boom. Well, I would enjoy that rain more. <laughs> <laughs> so staying close to Waikiki, um, it's been beautiful. Been here for about a week. So I am going home shortly. 
but I'm here for a service learning and civic engagement conference, which I'm enjoying and I'm enjoying the activities after the conference. Staying at Queen Kapiolani Hotel, which is like really close to Diamond Head. Uh-huh. And so you have a nice view of Diamond Head. And some of you may know like Diamond Head has been used in the Jurassic Park movies. I know you know this, Boo. Um, well, and then the famous uh, magician David Copper made Diamond Head disappear. Well, he did. But it's still there. I don't know. Yeah, he brought it back. He, brought, he made it disappear and he brought it back. Well, it's funny because you know how I'm always sharing with you, Boo, and our boo-boos that I run into like issues with birds uh-huh. <laughs> all the time. As I was typing up my recording notes, so my room has a balcony. All the rooms here have a balcony. And you want that fresh air to come in because it's like the fresh air coming in from the ocean and you hear the waves. So I'm here typing away and then I happen to look up, why is there a baby bird <laughs> just by my TV just looking at me? <laughs> and I took a picture of it. I sent it to you. <laughs> you did, boo. And I was like, you and birds again. <laughs> So, and you wanted fresh air, but you got fresh birds coming up I into did. your room. Yeah. I said, okay. So now I'm thinking about adding bird whisperer to my resume because apparently <laughs> like it's something that it's my relationship with birds. We're on a personal level at this point. But you know, I don't know why they like you because they all trying to get fed and they know you don't feed them. So they haven't told each <laughs> other. She don't feed us. I'm not going to feed you because <laughs> then you're going to tell all your friends and it's going to be like a crazy bird lady. I don't want to be a crazy bird lady or a crazy cat lady. Cat lady, yeah. <laughs> so, you don't want to be a crazy lady, period. No, but I think I'm a little crazy, though. You are, but a good crazy. <laughs> so this hotel is nice. Um, they have free activities to do, just like all the other hotels. I signed up for lay making. In the, it's, um, so for those of you who don't know, like lay, you know, the flower necklace. Yeah, the flower necklace. Well, when I made my lay, right, well, first of all, the instructor, she was so serious about lay making, which is good because I didn't know it required using a needle. And the needle was very thin, but it's very sharp because I pricked myself with the needle like twice. So it's a needle and it's threaded with string. And so you take your flowers two at a time and you put them on the needle and then you push them down onto the string until all the 40 flowers are on your thread, right? So then the instructor will take that from you and then create your lay, like tie it off for you. Well, for me, I didn't get a lay. <laughs> she made me a crown. So I said, okay, she recognizes the queen. <laughs> uh-huh. I was going to say that's exactly my words. Lay, yay her. I almost said lay her. <laughs> yay her. But then as she was putting the lay on my head, boo, she said, your hair is so beautiful. And she touched it. Oh, no. I knew where that was going. Oh, no. And I was like, okay, I'm here for a conference in a professional setting. So, you know, I'm not going to go off on this lady. I'm just going to tell her thank you. But then she proceeds to say, you know, I grew up working in theater. And I know how important it is for um you know hair not to be messed up i know she wanted to say how important it is for black women's hair <laughs> to be because uh-huh. the way she was going with the conversation and i'm just smiling at her because one again like i said i'm here for a conference i'm in a professional setting but she was an older caucasian woman and yeah, okay, so I, boo, that's where i was gonna ask you because i was like this does not sound like a native woman who she would not be touching your hair like that she was not native <laughs> she was an older caucasian woman so i'm like looking i'm like in context i know she she's probably used to saying these types of things and doing these types of things, these microaggressions, not thinking that you're not politically correct, ma'am. But yeah. So that was my experience with the leg, but it came out really cute. And as I was wearing it around, people were like, Oh my God, your leg's so pretty. And apparently people would pay upwards of like 40 bucks for a fresh leg. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was going to, did, you, did your co- class cost anything or is it a free hotel class? It was a free hotel class. So I believe it's part of like, you know, you pay the resort fee and okay. so you have options to attend these classes. And so they have, um, I signed up for yoga the next day, but I did not make yoga class with the hotel, but I am so proud of myself because I did yoga this morning on the beach, boo. I woke up at 545. 
Oh my lord. <laughs> I wouldn't even go to bed then. <laughs> I was at the beach by six with my colleagues. It was about 20 to 25 of us. And it was so cute. I'm not a yogi, but I'm happy that I went because the instructor had like a string of lights because it was dark when we started. And then she had like her, um, she was doing an online class as well. So it was set up for the recording. They can see her. And then us who were present, we saw her, like the ocean was facing her back. But as we were warming up, she played her flute. <laughs> so it was kind of like stereotypical, right? Like she's all playing the flute with a soft voice. Then Getting she you in that Zen feeling. <laughs> and I was in the Zen feeling. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> And then she brings out her sound bowl. So you hear the waves and then she's playing like the delicate sounds. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) And then we slowly get into the moves and downward dog and tabletop position and all this stuff. It was hard doing it on the sand because, you know, you're. Yeah, there's no leverage there. The sand is getting pushed in. Yeah, getting pushed in. But to feel like the sand on your toes was really nice. And then when you had to push your hands to the sand, it was really nice. So I enjoyed it. Um, It was my intention to actually make morning yoga every morning, but I didn't. So (laughs) at least you got one in there. One in there. So I was proud of myself. Um, So it must've been nice though, because it it was probably designed so that when you were doing it, the sunrise comes up, right? Correct. You saw the sunrise. I saw the sunrise and I just had a moment of gratitude. I was like, I'm so blessed and thankful because I have an experience of doing morning yoga at the sunrise. Didn't see any whales. Apparently yesterday, a whale breached while they oh. were doing yoga. I was like, what? <laughs> I want to see that. Well, you didn't see that because it's not a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, tell me why it was like pigeons around me when I was doing my downward dog. <laughs> the pigeons are like, ooh, check out that booty. <laughs> it's juicy, juicy. <laughs> Well, okay. Part of the conference, um, because in my department, we oversee service learning and volunteer opportunities for our students. And so part of the conference, we have the opportunity to go to these community service sites, right? Because if we're telling our students to do, do these things, we should be able to be like, I know what this project is, or I have experience doing community service, which is a good model, right? Well, I signed up to volunteer at a fish pond and I said okay I'm gonna go and have whatever they have for me at this fish pond I'm thinking maybe like feed some fish I don't know we'll see yeah I was thinking you're in Hawaii so maybe you're going to see some beautiful koi fish well in the description I'm gonna read it to you join in the restoration of relationships between people and place through aloha aina love of the land practices and by listening to the retelling of place-based Kalua stories. Help us with caring for the sacred site, land, and waters of the Ahupua Land Division of Kailua. Participants will be invited to try ancestral foods during this special site visit. Now, when I when I read, oh, there's going to be food involved. I, I, I know up- food got you. <laughs> I already knew. <laughs> but the name of it is Ulupo, and if I mispronounce this, I apologize. Ulupo, who Hiau and Kawainue fish pond in Kailua. So I'm like, okay, I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna see fish, right? Get there, and it is a fish pond that's dried up, so now it's a wetland, right? And what they do there is they harvest taro plants. And once the taro root is grown, they give it out to the community. And their motto there is, we learn best by doing. So, okay, hands-on. Well, the work that they had for the volunteers, we had to pull weeds. <laughs> but we had to pull weeds, like, on a hill. And then oh, have, no. had two, two piles. It was, like, <laughs> it was like a mulch pile and then a pile for stuff that they wanted to replant, right? But while doing all this we're getting bit we're getting bit by like mosquitoes and ants and i'm just like okay but then the other option 
So they had these like mud beds and the mud beds had tarps over them and the tarps had little holes in them. So you had like this grassy moss growing up through the tarp. Uh Well, the tarps needed to be flipped because then they wanted the grassy moss stuff to grow back down into the soil. So almost like cultivating the soil. Uh These tarps were huge and it took about 20 people to turn the tarps over because they're heavy. Well, also the the mud beds boo were like six feet deep oh my god so people had like mud up to their knees and i'm like i can't do that i'm sorry i'm sorry i would be so mad if i went to this excursion <laughs> thinking of a more tranquil surface experience because <laughs> i'm thinking you know how hard could it be you know volunteering at a fish pond it's gonna be fine no I'm, we were doing like labor intensive backbreaking work and I'm happy to give back and I'm happy to be welcome to a sacred part of the yes, island. You weren't prepared for that. <laughs> I was not. I was not. So that that was funny. Um, and then in addition to the service site, I attended some um, concurrent sessions on different types of volunteer programs, national programs, and then um, keynote speaker. So she was really good. But yeah, so overall, the conference uh, was good. Um, I'm happy that they hosted in Hawaii and they made the announcement that the next conference is going to be in Seattle. And that's that's going to be in 2025. Um, Possibly y'all maybe try to pitch something to present because I noticed that a lot of people that attended this conference, they were involved in the conference. They had to present or they did a poster session or um, they led like a service site. And people were surprised, like, oh, you're not you're not presenting anything. And I'm like, no, I'm just attending. So it makes sense for your area of work and the ty- type of people who are, you know, those jobs that they have. Yeah. So um so is this conference every two years then? Every two years, correct. Okay. And so the last one that they held was virtual and it was in Hawaii. It was hosted <laughs> by the city, or I'm not the city, but University of Hawaii. And then now that they're bringing it back in person they just said well we'll keep it in Hawaii everybody come down here and then in two years we'll we'll go to the mainland um in addition to the conference activities I did hike Diamond Head I think I already mentioned that and then um I'm gonna go to a luau later on today all so right, all right. looking forward get to get yourself that. some porky pork <laughs> I cannot wait also probably look at the dancers Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um I did go on a sunset cruise, oh, which nice. I saw three whales. They did not breach, but I saw the spouts. So that was pretty cool. And the sunset was cool. Again, another lady told me I had beautiful hair on the sunset cruise, right? Caucasian lady. And you saw and the look in her eyes. I saw the look and I said, thank you so much. And she said, it's the perfect color. It just matches your skin tone so beautifully. And I saw the look in her eyes, boo. And you saw that finger twitching. <laughs> you saw the finger twitching. So I just said, oh, thank you so much. It's my island look. And she said, oh, it's beautiful. And I know she wanted to touch it so bad. <laughs> and, and of course she couldn't. And first of all, it would have been super awkward because, you know, you've been on sunset cruises before the way the boat rocks kind of yeah, choppy. Right. For her to actually try to get up and come and touch me. And then she's like almost falling because of the boat. <laughs> is rocking back and forth so yeah i i'm happy i did not have to tell her something because i wasn't at the conference at that time i was in the ocean (laughs) (laughs) you would have been in the ocean if she touched it (laughs) but guess what i ate well i've been eating a lot but you know i'm gonna eat when i well you in hawaii you have to eat i had me some delicious musubi yum and so for our boo-boos out there if you're not familiar with musubi it's a snack and lunch food composed of a slice of grilled spam, sandwiched either in between or on top of a block of rice, wrapped together with nori or seaweed in tradition of Japanese. Is it onigiri? Onigiri. Onigiri. So um, I went to the Masubi Cafe and they have different varieties of Masubi. Yes, they so do. The one I got, of course, I had, the, I had spam. It had bacon, it had avocado, and then the rice block, and then the it was wrapped in seaweed. Oh, you make so, it my mouth water. It was so good. And then you know what they had there, and I had to buy one. 
a masui maker oh i have one here at home uh-huh makes it much easier to make it well and i remember you bought some to work that one time uh-huh so somebody was asking me recently if i could make some more masubi <laughs> well now i'm gonna experiment i'm probably gonna maybe try to like do i don't know like a crown meat type yeah my mom makes that type um, yeah like it's a Korean kind of sushi where they mm -hmm. use ground beef or hamburger meat. Yeah. So, um, but overall, um, I've been enjoying my trip. This is my second time in the Waikiki area. I love it. Love being close to Diamond Head. Very pretty views. So mm -hmm. I, I look forward to visiting other other islands. Well, there's a there's a coffee shop. I forgot the name of it that I would go to every morning in Waikiki. It's in the lobby of the Marriott Hotel. Mm -hmm. and they make a great ube latte and you know me and ube i know you love it and it's so purple every morning huh is it purple the latte yeah the latte has a purple uh, layer and then you mix it in with the coffee but it's delicious so i would go there and they had really great breakfast sandwiches at that um coffee shop in the marriott again once i forgot their name <laughs> and there's a breakfast spot uh, there's a burrito spot in downtown waikiki that everybody waits at uh, you probably look it up, but I forgot the name as well. But they make like this Kahlua pork breakfast burrito. That's mm, so bomb. That sounds delicious. In my hotel, they have Knott's coffee. I have not tried it yet, though, because... Oh, I've been to Knott's. I'm going to try it tomorrow. I am. Because every morning for breakfast, I go down and get the free conference breakfast. Because <laughs> it, it's covered in registration. But... I see a lot of people with the Knott's coffee. Yeah, the uh, from Knott's I got, uh, because you don't see it very often here on the mainland, but I've got um, a macadamia nut mm, iced latte. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Nice note of sweetness with the coffee. Perfect. So um, one thing, though, that I've really been thinking about since I've been here at the conference so you're here and you're around individuals who work in higher education and work in academia. And I noticed that some people here really get off on like their titles and the positions that they hold, which is fine, right? Be proud of the position that you hold in your role. But for me personally, I wouldn't let that supersede the actual work that I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when we learned at the service, one of the service sites, we learn best by doing. And if you're not doing anything, like, yeah, you're doing something, you're writing emails all day or you're, you know, researching, but you're not doing the actual yeah, well, work. So just to follow up what you just said about that, that's the whole principle of tutoring as well. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I've, for the boo-boos out there, I work in the field of tutoring. Mm -hmm. And that's what the tutors are taught is that the, the best tutors do the least amount of speaking because what you really need the students to do is to do the speaking on their behalf and to do to do the doing you know the, <laughs> they need to be the ones doing the tutoring for themselves while you as a tutor guide them mm -hmm. because people don't learn unless they do something and actually there's something in training we we tell the tutors that i, I believe it's 90% of what people learn is what they learn from doing an action or something mm -hmm. an activity not from just listening and passively listening so yeah, you're on to that when you're saying, you know, this made me think of that too, but it's it's important that people actually do and get their hands involved or hands on to learn as opposed mm -hmm. to feeding people like in a lecture, people can write notes all day, but when they're not, there's no context for that. They're not learning anything. Exactly. Involve them. Right. And so I was just thinking like, you know, I'm a leader outside of work. We're both leaders outside of work. You know, and people look to us for different things, but just because of the place that we work, we don't hold a leadership role, but we have leadership qualities. And so most leadership roles, in my opinion, they're subjective, right? Because we know that people who are directors or over something, it's like, <laughs> if you don't get along with your superior, they can pretty much find any reason to let you go. You know, well, and, we also know that a lot of people who ascend to leadership roles, they they're inept at their jobs, mm -hmm. or they them themselves somehow are nepo babies. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's funny because I know that if I were to step into a leadership role, then I would be a different classification. And I think for my personal situation, that would be the opportune time 
for my place of employment to be like, mm, you got to go. <laughs> Only because, and you know this, boo, I've been given the nickname Good Trouble by, <laughs> by Dottie, not the serial killer. <laughs> for our boo-boos out there, if you've been listening, we did a, an episode about Dottie, the serial killer from uh, the Netflix series. But anyway, um, I like starting good trouble, right? It's almost like an activist role or advocate role because if you're not going to say anything or stand up, you're complicit with it. So I think that just because you don't hold like a higher title does not make you a leader. And some people, I just think you can tell, you can tell that they thrive on their titles. Yeah. I'm sorry for a person like that. I really do. Or they use a title not to work. You know? Exactly to delegate, right? So, and I'm like, nope, I'm working. I'm gonna do the work, and I'm gonna be hands on with these students because I like the relationships that I'm building or cultivating with them. And then you know what's also interesting, boom. So, um, I was part of a conversation yesterday. We were talking about different types of volunteer programs and how your department or your programs can apply for grants. So, I'm at this table with a whole bunch of people that I've never met before. They're just conference attendee. And then after it was over, you know, I walked to the elevator because I need to go back to my room to regroup. <laughs> and this lady, she was like, excuse me. I was like, yeah. She was like, um, I, I, you were at the table and you were speaking. We we're all sharing our thoughts. And she works with Polynesian students. And okay. she said that there's an issue that Polynesian students face is almost like racism, right? Which people of color, we we all know, especially in the education system. And there's a problem with Polynesian students. They'll start high school, first year or freshman year be okay, sophomore year be okay. But then there's an issue the third year where either they drop out or they're just not performing academically. So sounds like she wouldn't help developing some type of roadmap for high school students for freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And I'm like, oh, sounds like you need to talk to your pre-college programs department, right? And she's like, no, the Department of Education here, they're racist and, and they won't help me. So I wanna develop something by myself. Like, would you be interested in doing that? And I just looked at her and I'm like, okay, maybe God led her to me for some reason. Cause I don't know this lady, she doesn't know me and I don't work with high school students, right? But and what did you say during the roundtable talk to have her come up to I, you? I was just asking questions and sharing like my experiences. That's it. And I, we have, I, we were talking about AmeriCorps and Vista. So AmeriCorps, we have it on Cal State campus, but actually AmeriCorps does not come out of my office. It's the office of pre-college programs. Uh, so maybe, you know, that sparked her interest or something. So we exchange contact information. And I just said to myself, I said, God led that lady to me. And of course, I'm not the type of person to be like, I'm not receptive to what you're trying to do. If I can help you anyway, I will try. So I don't know, maybe I'll be working with Polynesian high school students pretty soon. Okay. Well, I, you know, one of the things I have to say, if I would talk to that lady, I don't know if she already has or thought about it. She probably has, but to really look at the household dynamic, because just like we experience with our Hispanic students here in California, mm -hmm. um, Polynesian parents aren't always the most supportive when it comes to education because they're more about the reality of making money or getting a job. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of on the forefront or taking care of the family first, mm -hmm. as opposed to education, which takes a backseat to everything else. Yeah. So that might be an issue when it comes to when those students are old enough to start working in their junior and senior year. Go to work. Like, and that's help, why help they're dropping out is because the family's not supporting them to finish school. It's more like, well, you can work now, work. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I exchanged contact information with her, gave her my email. And who knows? I mean, I may be coming back to the islands. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, if that's the case, boo, you better draw me into this because, you know, I'm part Polynesian. Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> I, you know, I will find a way to, to get my boo here, too. I'll be like, he he knows tutoring. So <laughs> maybe it's some sort some type of tutoring program we can develop or something. I don't know, but um, I'm excited to see what this turns out to be. 
And then also, this is why I like attending conferences, because you never know what opportunities will arise from attending a conference. And then me and her can actually present what we develop in a, at a future conference. So, but yeah, that it's been, it's been exciting. It's been nice. And I'm a little sad that I'll be leaving paradise pretty soon, but I really miss my home. <laughs> I've been gone from home for a while. So yeah. In, in different well, on different trips but now I just kind of want to be home consecutively the, you know I want to follow up uh, now that we're talking about work you know the work atmosphere I want to follow up on a couple weeks ago or a podcast ago I talked about uh, Gen Z workers and uh-huh. or, or, or we talked about how babies come out of the womb and they know technology mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily talk about Gen Z workers but I follow up after that I read a article about Gen Z workers in the workplace, you know, coming out of college, going into work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't know how to use office equipment. They don't, <laughs> they don't know how to make copies on a copy machine or fax on a fax machine. And so it's kind of holding back an office where, or, or creating, creating a climate where the older workers are annoyed by the younger workers mm-hmm. and vice versa, mm-hmm. where there's tech shaming, where they're in terms of, them not knowing how to use office equipment and they, they're afraid to ask how to use it you know I, in the article this one young man said it took me two or three tries to realize i had to flip the paper over on the glass for the coffee machine at least <laughs> he didn't give up. up he did yes. not give up <laughs> and he didn't want to ask for help either and he felt bad asking for help because he, he didn't want to look stupid and i think it, it was like he was in an environment where the older people were like how dumb are you you know yeah and but then interestingly enough, it's like the older people rely on these younger people when it comes to more computer related issues. It's like, hey, I have this issue on my computer, help me. And so then it becomes like the roles are reversed. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting that, you know, it's because when I first started my job 20 years ago, <laughs> we had a typewriter in the office mm-hmm. and I knew how to use it because I used a typewriter growing up. But then the young student assistants, you know, this is a period where computers were just taking over and um, they barely knew how to use a typewriter. But I'm sure if I asked a student how to use one now, 20 years later, there'd be there's no clue. They'd be like, can you change the ribbon for me? They'll be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so like, does that mean we're ancient, boo? Because we know all of these terms and uh, the typewriter and how to use it, how it functions. We're, we're, as you like to say, we're seasoned. We're seasoned individuals. I came in on like the tail end of it because when I was a student assistant, there was a typewriter in my office. And I remembered, like, I think (laughs) I used it twice. And after that, it was like strictly computer work. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting how, because even going through the work sphere that was last decade, a couple decades, Remember how we went from like floppy disks to little um, disk drives mm-hmm. to zip disks? Do you remember zip disk, boo? I, I remember. And everyone was like, you know, office technology. Oh my God, this is like a hundred floppy disks or a hundred zip drives <laughs> disks into one. And you know, you're just amazed. And then it went to CD-ROMs or CD-Rs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, and here we are with storage. Well, the first time I saw like the USB drives, the little portable ones, I was like, mm-hmm all that information fits on this little stick what (laughs) and now you are i mean you still see usb drives but not as much as you used to well now because everyone has like hard drives that that are terabytes of information which Mm. is insane (laughs) but yeah it's it's funny when you walk in work in an office sphere because only office people get so excited by new office technology (laughs) These folders have these too many tabs in it. What? <laughs> you know how sometimes we have the um, Office Max or Office uh-huh. Depot. Um, what is it like the trade show? Or <laughs> yeah, when they come to our school, uh-huh. and you see all the new pins, and you sit in the chairs, you're like, "Ooh, I want this." Uh-huh. <laughs> and they have like, uh, you know, a new type of post-it note. You're like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" And you're freaking <laughs> out over it. <laughs> Listen, that's gratitude. I'm I'm happy that I have options of post-it notes. Well, that's the same where with us in tutoring. Like I ordered a new set of um, dry erase markers, and they they last a little longer, and they help hold they hold nicely in the hand, and the tutors are raving about them. 
Uh-huh. So it's like it's just within your field of work. It's like the it's those little subtle things that you get excited about. But that's good that those small things can bring you excitement. So. <laughs> well, maybe I'm just kind of like on my gratitude. You know, every be thankful for everything because I'm in paradise right now. You're in paradise, now, yeah. <laughs> and I got up this morning and I did yoga, so I'm feeling nice and stretchy and light. And you're gonna have some luau pork tonight. Mm-hmm. My skin looks good because humidity does really well on uh, my skin. So, but um, again, I'm happy to be headed home. Well, I'm glad you had a great time, though, Boo. So. Thank you, thank you, Boo. Can't wait to come back and give you a gift because you know I had to hook you up. <laughs> but but I made sure it was low in calories. I didn't want to <laughs> back-to-back gifts of uh, 900 calorie snacks are, are not good because <laughs> I, I care about your A1C and all that stuff. Okay. And my, what, what'd you call those? Is, we were talking Tele- about the DNA strands. <laughs> telomeres. Telomeres. <laughs> I was going to say Tellurides, but I was like, that's a car. <laughs> that's for another episode because I thought that was interesting about the telomeres and your stress and how you react. But anyway. We won't bore the boo-boos with that today. <laughs> no science today. No, I think I think it's been enough. I think we chatted for enough. And I'm getting hungry. So I know where you're at. It's three hours ahead. Uh-huh. And here it's, it's like noon. 12. It's 12.30 for you. Yeah. So I'm like, my stomach's like, okay, girl, let's go eat some masubi. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say, boo, before we get out of here? No, I'm good. I hope every everybody out there finds their own paradise or their own bliss and, uh, and center themselves and protect your telomeres out there, people. <laughs> Find your beach and protect your telomeres. <laughs> All right, boo-boos. Till next time, be bougie. Remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.